Welcome to Back Chat. I am Andrew Work, back for a rare double header on RTHK Radio 3. It's Friday, March the 11th, and today we are talking about the situation at elderly care homes during the fifth wave. As of March 11th, at least 725 elderly care homes have recorded cases with 22,070 residents and 5,880 staff infected. Chief Executive Carrie Lamb said on Wednesday that all elderly residents at nursing homes will be given their first vaccine dose by next Friday, March 18th. And a, quote, closed loop system will also be implemented at nursing homes with no prior infections, with staff given designated hotel accommodation and transport to their workplaces. But home care operators and carers have warned of an employee exodus amid an already severe personnel shortage. Labor Minister La Chi Kwong said yesterday that the system is not compulsory as he has admitted the limitations of the arrangement have made it difficult to implement. Uh, questions, opinions, you got them, we want them. Leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 2338-8266. Uh, we got two guests who are going to get us through this, uh, this discussion today. That is Stephanie Law, Executive Committee Member with the Elderly Services Association of Hong Kong and Managing Director of Culture Homes. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. We also have Crystal Yun, who is a community organizer for SOCO, the Society for Community Organization. Good morning, Crystal. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. Um, I want to start with you, Stephanie, because uh, Culture Homes, you run three elderly homes in Hong Kong. Uh, I'm, I'm originally from Canada, and at the beginning of COVID, you know, that was their Achilles heel. It was the homes for the elderly, and it was really a disaster. That was at the beginning of COVID. Nobody knew what was going on. Now we have vaccines. We kind of know what to expect when a big wave hits. But were we prepared? Were people in your position uh, prepared for how to manage this? I think... Um Everyone would agree that we are still in a very dire situation. Um, today, almost 80% of the care homes in Hong Kong are COVID-infected. Um, I think um, we are doing our best, and I really appreciate all our frontline workers for, you know, staying on guard all the time. And um, as previously Dr. Griffin has said, I think vaccination should always be prioritized. And uh, we hope that the government could give us more, you know, quarantine facilities in the community to triage or separate, you know, COVID positive elders so that uh, we could, you know, keep our homes, you know, um, under control and hopefully we can get back on our ground um, soon, very soon. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but, you know, were you able to learn from other jurisdictions about best practices or things you could do to prevent the impact of the wave? Do you Were you speaking to people in, in countries like Canada, the United States, uh, maybe Japan, Taiwan, about how they were managing things? Yes, we are aware of, you know, the uh, COVID development in the countries, uh, you know, outside of Hong Kong. Um, uh, unfortunately, we do think that um, this wave has uh, arrived too quickly and um, we were not able to, you know, react to the um, rapid uh, development. And the government, you know, has tried to, you know, implement policies, but um, unfortunately it has been quite reactive, um, you know, instead of proactive. Um, if we come back to, you know, the closed-loop um, policy, um, essentially, you know, the closed-loop system is designated for homes that are still COVID-free. Um, all the elders or staff who were previously COVID-contracted have recovered. So 
we're only talking about 100 homes out of, um, you know, 800 homes that are eligible to apply. So this has come a little bit late, but we do think it is still a good, pra uh, a good practice in place um, because, um, you know, uh, it would have been practical and useful to the homes if this closed system was in place at the very beginning of the outbreak uh, because this could essentially help to cut the transmission of the highly infectious Omicron. Um, but since we are doing it now, um, it's, it's good that we have it, but it's a little bit late. Yeah. When, you, when you speak to other members of the Elderly Services Association, um, are staff members at these closed-loop uh, nursing homes, are they quitting their jobs? Are they saying, I don't want to go into a closed loop, forget it? Um, there are two uh, different sides of it. Uh, some of the uh, staff would, you know, support the scheme because uh, they would not want to bring the risk back to their homes. And also they would like to, you know, protect uh, the elders as well. Um, if they go back to homes after work, they may, you know, contract COVID from the communities or their families. Um, so they're... Uh, open and welcome uh, of the policy. But uh, other, you know, workers, uh, if they have to take care of their families, it's, it's really not possible for them to have a closed system because um, this goes on, you know, 30, uh, 30 consecutive days and uh, they cannot, you know, go back to their homes uh, in between. So this also means that uh, they have to uh, make compromise. Uh, if they take this uh, closed system. Are, are nursing homes having to offer higher salaries, signing bonuses, other incentives? I think for private care homes, uh, we are still, uh, you know, doing what we do regularly. You know, the, um, the uh, different salary schemes are really for um, the workers that are coming to work, uh, you know, from the mainland and also some of the short-term, you know, three-month uh, contract-based uh, to work in the community. So we're not seeing a lot of, you know, salary increase uh, increment uh, in the private home sector. But you are getting maybe a kind of fast track on waivers for work visas for people coming from the mainland who, you know, speak Mandarin yes, and Cantonese? Yes, that is correct. Okay, yes, gotcha. Correct. Crystal, you are on the other side of this. Uh, is SoCo working with people in elderly homes in Hong Kong? Yes. And you're, uh, yeah. And what are you seeing? What is what is your perspective? Uh, actually, we we work with those family members, uh, the elderly in the resident, the private residential care home, mm -hmm. and they, the staff in the private elderly home did not communicate with their family. And I have a case uh, the family called uh, the staff of the elderly home to remind them uh, his mother has the medical follow-up. And once he called, he, he, he knew that he, his mother was confirmed in COVID-19. Okay. And this means that if he didn't give the call, he will never know that. And another case, uh, we have a family member complain that uh, uh, her family member in the residential, the private one also, the residential care home, and they found that the elderly have some symptoms, but they didn't uh, help her to do the rapid test and insist to send her to the hospital. And at that time, the hospital is in a mess. You know, many right. elderly or other patients wait outside the hospital, and um, and the family members. Uh, was very worried and nervous and asked to do the test first. But um, 
the staff insists to send her, and the um, family member only requests to uh, bring more clothes for the elderly when they send them when they send the elderly to the hospital, and the staff also rejected. Wow! So we, there's a lot to unpack there. So first of all, when you say that elderly people are not being they're not communicating with their families, is it because yes. they don't they don't have mobile phones or they they don't know how to use a mobile phone, or is it because they're not allowed to by the staff? I, I just I just saw that movie that Netflix movie. I care a lot, you know, where they're locking up old people and not letting them talk yeah, to anyone. Yes, and they so are they being denied? Visit them now yeah, and totally rely on the on the staff in the elderly home. Okay, and then you're saying that the policy is if somebody shows symptoms, they don't even test them. They just like you're out of here, straight to the hospital, and shift the responsibility to the hospital. Right. Okay. I mean. I guess there's an argument for that because they want to prevent an outbreak. Stephanie, uh, what, do you yeah. does your association establish pr- practices that you were advising your members, or are they just kind of reacting blindly and saying, "Just get this person out of here"? Or- yes, I think firstly I would need to stress that um, care homes in Hong Kong are long-term care facilities, and we are not hospitals. Um, there are things that we could do our best. Uh, you know, um, we were told that um, you know it is. Um, essential to, you know, um, take care of the elders uh, until uh, in, in, we're, like, in the, in cap, incapable to take care of them if they ha- have a high fever or uh, we do not have the enough equipment, uh, you know, to help them. Um, in cases where, uh, for example, in our homes, uh, we really, um, you know, do our best until uh, we cannot take care of them, meaning uh, they... Uh, either have a very high fever um, or, um, you know, uh, if they need, you know, oxygen and we cannot, you know, provide them with enough uh, uh, medical equipment and we have to send them, you know, without, uh, send them out without, uh, you know. Um, without even testing. Um, yes. Uh, not Actually, we do test. We, we know that they are COVID positive or not. We try to keep them at our care homes as much as possible. But I think, uh, you know, from the case uh, earlier, it may be, you know, varies from case to case because some of the care homes do not have nurses. And it could be, you know, very dangerous uh, for the elder as well if they cannot send them to the hospital in time. All right. Um, uh, Crystal, is there a role for organizations like SoCo to play? You say that you're, you're working with people that are in private nursing homes. Yes. You know, obviously, I guess they, they let you in, so to speak. They, they, they're working in partnership with you, I assume. How, how does that relationship work and how are you able to help the elderly during this time? Um, we also try our best. Um, actually, we contact with the uh, subsidized the disadvantaged one, the elderly home, and also the private, and we see the quality is is very different. And the um, subsidized ones can, we, we will have more communication, and the private one uh, is very rude and hard to communicate, and we will, we, we will also try our best to communicate with them, um, communicate like the with the management, the you mean? The relatives and... Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Go, I, so you're communicating with the management of the nursing homes, or you mean you're communicating with the patients? Uh, we communicate with the staff. Okay. Uh, between the staff and uh, family members. Gotcha. Okay. And do you normally go in in part to the management and say, "Hey, we'd like to work with people here," or do you find family members are contacting you and saying, "We'd like you to make an intervention in this situation because we can't 
get a result. In some cases, uh, because sometimes the relatives are very angry or nervous, but they may not want us to intervene at the very first stage because they are not there to make the staff feel angry or make them feel too... Um, they, they, they are afraid to complain. And because yeah. the elderly are in the home and they do not know how they will treat the elderly. Right. So they, they, they're trying to get eyes and ears on the ground to find out what's going on. I've, I've got an email here uh, from James. Thank you for sending this email in. He says, I know it's difficult for the Hong Kong administration to consider two things at once, but surely the standard of elderly care and the standards of care at elderly homes must be reviewed. We know from population surveys for uh, that for at least the last 20 years, there's an, been an aging population and the middle class families are no longer able to accommodate parents or grandparents. Why is the Hong Kong administration again on the back foot? Suddenly, so much money to support supermarkets, hotels and taxis, but not the older people in our community who through their lives have contributed so much. Uh, two main things there, uh, call for a review of practices and supports. Uh, nursing homes have limited resources. Stephanie, we know this. What kind of support would you, do you think your members could get from the government to be able to better handle the situation? Mm -hmm. Yes, um, so first, um, we are really, uh, you know, uh, we are not really not prepared for the of, you know, the pandemic uh, very at a very early stage. Uh, when we were hit, um, you know, by the, first, by the fifth wave, we do not have enough uh, medical equipment such as uh, N95 masks or like, you know, um, high level protection gears. And uh, we always had to, you know, uh, source these uh, materials uh, ourselves. And uh, in, in a lot of times, our, all our members are quite, you know, exhausted already at the care homes because uh, they're down with, you know, 50% uh, of the staff uh, could be, you know, uh, uh, you know, quarantined and, sure. and they're working overtime. So I think, uh, you know, manpower is one thing mm -hmm. and also, you know, medical equipment. Um, and uh, what we think is that the vaccination rate uh, really was too low and, uh, you know, resulting in a lot of, you know, complications and, you know, uh, uh, elders in, you know, uh, very difficult situations. So sure. uh, we hope that, you know, the vaccination can go up uh, more rapidly. Yeah, we, I guess, was there maybe too much focus put on physical supplies like PPE and maybe not enough on soft factors like communications? Um, yes, uh, this is as well, but for a lot of our operators, I would say uh, we are quite helpless as well uh, during this time because uh, communications with the, you know, hospital authorities and, you know, quarantine facilities like the Asia World Expo. Sometimes uh, we, I have uh, personally experienced, you know, elders going into these facilities, you know, uh, for, for weeks uh, and we didn't get any updates from the authority. Uh, when we, you know, call, they're always busy and um, we were really, you know, hoping to, you know, get this communication with the family as well, but sometimes we're quite helpless and we had to, you know, call different uh, you know, operators or, uh, you know, stakeholders to see if they can find the elder. But, sure. you know, uh, otherwise it's very difficult. I guess, you know, people normally come by, maybe visit their parents once a week on the weekends, and now they're calling you like five times a day across the entire organization. It, it sounds like it would get pretty overwhelming at, at a time when you're short-staffed. 
uh, as well. What about volunteers? Uh, we've talked about on this show before how volunteers were, were basically told they were no longer allowed to come in and participate in the life of a nursing home because of COVID. Uh, how hard has that hit you and your members? Um, sure. Uh, I think family support and volunteers are always welcomed on the premise. But, uh, you know, during COVID, we do think there's a high risk of, you know, transmission because uh, uh, we would say, you know, most of the homes are over 50% COVID positive. And uh, I think um, right now we're hoping to get, you know, community support in different ways, you know, uh, no matter if it's, you know, uh, material support or, you know, uh, uh, calling us in or, or Zoom, you know, uh, different kinds of support. Uh, that's very important as well. Um, and we really hope that uh, the government could, you know, uh, expedite the process of having uh, foreign workers and, uh, you know, helping us uh, during this time to get more hands uh, on the job. I mean, if you can't have people physically coming in, uh, you know, could you work with telecommunication companies to set up call centers and maybe get volunteers, you know, handling some of your communications for you? Yeah, our association is actually uh, doing a lot of this uh, during okay. this time to Good. help the members. Yes. Gotcha. And, and Crystal, on your side, has it been more difficult for you to get access to people to be able to get your volunteers organized to go into these, these institutions? How, how are you dealing with that? Uh, but we cannot go inside the elderly home now. Right. We can only in the door side to help to to escort the elderly to the medical center. We used to do this. Okay. And the foreign workers, we think that um, the government will will have the new policy to send the foreign workers, more foreign workers, to uh, to the residential uh, care home. Now we think that. We didn't get any comment from the family yet, but um, in the past experience, they usually said that it's hard to communicate with the foreign workers, and they usually in a poor quality. If the government have a can offer such a high salary now, we we believe that that the government can request more experienced worker with more training. And if we were, you know, when we start talking about getting more experienced people, more training uh, and importing them, how much do these people get paid? I mean, how, how many how many would we need to bring in? I mean, when you multiply the number of people we need in the salary, it's probably going to start adding up pretty quickly. Like, so, so how about the first part? How, how much do these people need to be paid to get them to come from, for example, China? I don't know, but the, the government says that 1,000 first, um, but but. Uh, but the, the labor market seems uh, have a very still need need a very large number of the labor. Yeah, not enough. Yeah, Stephanie, you, you but, uh, I'm sure yeah. you have a better idea on salaries and yeah. things like that. How yeah. how, mu how much do I, people I get paid? Sure. Yeah. Um, so right now uh, it's around um, thirty thousand um, dollars for three months, and um, I think uh, this is uh, definitely you know much higher than uh, what uh, what is uh, what has been offered in the industry. Um, but uh, we do think that this is uh, necessary because it's a short-term you know help and. Uh, we are understaffed, and there are so many, you know, quarantine facilities uh, uh, coming along, and uh, so this is uh, desperately needed. Sorry, um, Stephanie, can I say, did you say 30,000 yeah. Hong Kong dollars for three months? 
Yes, uh, for each month, each month for three months. Oh, for each month. Okay, gotcha. I was, I was, I was like, wow, you guys are, <laughs> you guys, you guys are really lowballing it. Um, so thirty thousand dollars yeah. a month, and how many, pe- how many people do you think we need to bring in from abroad or from from China to fill the gap right now? Um, they say a thousand, and also I, I know that you know the local you know authorities are also doing local uh, career recruitment to get you know local workers at the same rate uh, at the same salary level. So so we're seeing a thousand from you know mainland, but we're also trying to get you know people into uh, the industry to help um, uh, with the same uh, offer. Right. So, I mean, $30,000 a month, a thousand people, we're talking about $30 million just to get going and, mm-hmm. and probably much higher. How, how attractive is it for people coming from China at that level? Are they, are they lining up to come and do a short-term contract in Hong Kong? I mean, because leaving your family behind or, you know, leaving mm-hmm. your home behind in China to come in and work here, uh, specifically when there's a big COVID wave going on, doesn't sound very attractive. Actually, this has been in place already in the past, uh, you know, uh, for labor workers to come and work in Hong Kong from Guangzhou area. So they are actually speaking Cantonese. Most of them have to speak the language. Um, and also, uh, so we have to, you know, offer uh, dormitories and, you know, um, uh, meals and stuff like that. And um, I think this is uh, a similar, you know, arrangement. It's just that, you know, the, the process, you know, of application has been exited. Uh, you know, they don't have to go through different, uh, you know, documents for at least uh, four months before. But now we can do it immediately. Um, so we think it's actually pretty attractive uh, mm-hmm. because uh, I, I also know that a lot of the mainland uh, mainlanders, they are really supportive of Hong Kong's situation. They know uh, Hong Kong is in a very uh, quite desperate situation and they wanted to offer help. And this is the opportunity. Okay. Well, I guess in this industry, you've got to be a, a caring person to get into it in the first place. Um, but when you start talking about dormitories and food, I guess that $30 million, when you start adding on residential, uh, you've got to set up a place for them to live and food and all that, that probably hits with $50, $60 million you would need from the government? That is probably true, uh, but we do not know the, uh, you know, the details of the arrangements yet. Got you. And have those kind of numbers been discussed with the government, like big top-line numbers, or are you just asking for a subsidy per person and then let the government figure it out? Or have you, have you had those kind of discussions? Uh, we only know about the uh, salary arrangement and, you know, the, the number of workers that will come to Hong Kong, but we do not know the, the rest of the details yet. Right. So the, chair, the chairman of the Elderly Services Association hasn't, you know, made a statement and said, we need $100 million to solve this problem. Not yet. Um, no. Okay. Got it. The, the other thing that was in the email was talking about a review of how we treat the elderly overall, uh, presumably the, the way the industry is structured, standards. Uh, did we not just have a review like that in the last couple of years? Um, actually, they have, uh, you know, they are going to pass, you know, the uh, legislative council this, uh, this year. Mm-hmm. And it, it's under review uh, of, you know, the provisions of, um, we call it the SFA, like, you know, the areas of each elder. Uh, right now, uh, we're talking about, you know, around six meters square per person, mm-hmm. and it's, it's raising to around eight uh, meters square. But um, actually, um, we also, under COVID, we have seen a lot of challenges 
uh, because of the current uh, environment, such as, you know, uh, I don't know if you know about the uh, uh, environment, at the layouts of the care homes. Most of them are using uh, partitions um, or, you know, uh, people are living in four to six uh, person rooms. And so we do hope that this is an opportunity to review, you know, the different requirements. But at the same time, we are quite concerned that some of the homes um, may not be able to accommodate the change. So uh, we hope that COVID brings us an opportunity to sit together to uh, discuss about how we could do better on infection control um, in, you know, in the future if there is uh, epidemic, uh, you know, situations like this, how we could do better to safeguard the elders. Right. And I mean, if these changes, for example, the ones you said about increasing the living space per person, uh, doesn't that also mean the nursing homes are going to, their costs are going to be increased? I mean, rent, rent determines everything in Hong Kong. So their costs are going to go up and they'll be able to have fewer patients, uh, you know, for whatever they're paying for their lease. So they're going to have to raise rates to make up the difference. Uh, definitely. Uh, we do think that uh, it is good to raise the, uh, you know, quality of the overall, you know, elderly industry, you know, um, standards. But at the same time, we think it's important to balance at, as well because there are different, you know, um, uh, residents or clients. Um, they would like to have different options uh, to choose from. So we think it's, uh, it, it's uh, very vital to keep uh, a depth and breadth of different sorts of uh, nursing homes uh, for the, you know, for the citizens to choose from. Gotcha. Crystal, what other, I mean, with these particular reforms, do you worry that when they are implemented, uh, if prices go up, the people at the bottom level will just drop out of the system? They won't have anywhere to live anymore? Uh, actually, they, the elderly, uh, especially those uh, who are under passage one, uh, cannot have many choices to choose the perfect elderly home and um, the and the quality is quite quite poor now and and we welcome if the hardware the space uh, they offer more space for the elderly and but the software is not improved yet and we have a case in the last two years uh, for reported in the headlines they 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 give the wrong medicine to the elderly and the elderly now still in the hospital. Oh, yeah. And there are many rats and the hygiene is very poor. Mm-hmm. And the perfect, that, that, that elderly home is a bought place elderly home, which mm-hmm. means that the government gives some subsidies on that perfect elderly home. And so the overall, the quality of the elderly home is still need many improvement. Mm-hmm. So, and need the review. And the uh, supervision from the social welfare department is not enough, and the penalty is not enough. Okay, understood. This is a, this is a pretty grim situation, and I, I get that there's a, a big struggle going on here. I'll, I'll give you both an opportunity to tell people if, if they are concerned about what they're hearing and they want to help, how can they reach out to you? Uh, so, for example, if somebody wants to volunteer helping at a nursing home, uh, can they do that, and where can they where can they call, or is there a website they can visit? Crystal, how can people get involved with Soka? Um, sorry, the volunteers. Yeah, if somebody wants to contact you, where should they do that? On your website? Uh, yes, we have a contact in our website. Okay, so just Google Society for Community Organizations Soko Hong Kong. It'll come up. Okay, thank you so much. Great, Stephanie. If people want to reach out and support a local nursing home, can they do that through the association? 
they can reach out to the Elderly Services Association of Hong Kong. We have a website and also a Facebook. And we encourage everyone who would like to help the elders, uh, you know, at, at, at the care homes, you know, be it uh, uh, volunteers, um, donations, or even join the force. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Okay. And, the, and, the, and the, the association has capacity to handle those inquiries right now. They're not going to be overwhelmed? Uh, we are working with different uh, uh, training centers and, you know, the government, uh, you know, to channel different inquiries. Uh, if they would like to join the force, uh, we do have uh, relevant, you know, um, uh, authorities to talk to. Okay, that's great. Well, thank you very much. And we asked some tough questions today, so I appreciate you coming on the show. Stephanie Law, Executive Committee Member with the Elderly Services Association of Hong Kong and Managing Director of Culture Homes. And also Crystal Yun, who's the Community Organizer for SOCO, the Society for community organizations and they need your help so if you've got a bit of if if you've been hearts been touched please feel free to reach out i want to thank uh, everybody that wrote in today and got in our facebook i'd also like to thank our producer christy today uh who was backstopped by yuki and our main man ming in the booth i'd like to encourage everybody to tune back in on monday when jim gould and mike rouse will be back on duty uh the weather this today is going to be fine and dry maximum temperature of around 26 degrees beautiful weekend coming up uh, so you can have a good one before it gets humid and foggy early next week. Right now, the temperature is 21 degrees Celsius. It's 74% humidity. I'm Andrew Work, and this has been Back Chat. The Education Bureau provides a non-means-tested annual subsidy for eligible students to pursue full-time, locally-accredited, self-financing undergraduate programs in Hong Kong offered by eligible institutions. In the 2022-23 academic year, the subsidy amount will be up to 33,200 Hong Kong dollars. For details, please search online for NMTSS and visit the designated website. The time is 9.33 and now the news with Andrew Chorofsky. Social welfare lawmaker Tik Chi Yun says a closed loop system to prevent COVID infections in nursing homes needs to have 100% participation from residents and staff, otherwise it's meaningless. The government suggested the closed-loop system for care home staff this week, but said it wasn't mandatory. A group representing employers of foreign helpers says it's troublesome to find affordable quarantine hotels for them. Betty Young, chairperson of the Hong Kong Employers of Domestic Helpers Association, was commenting after the government redeployed for other anti-epidemic purposes two hotels that were set aside for helpers. And charities are warning of appalling conditions in the Ukrainian city of Mariupol, which is being besieged by Russian troops. The International Red Cross says many people have run out of food and water in freezing temperatures, with some residents resorting to fighting each other for supplies. I'll have more on these and other stories at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. And good morning to you, too. How are you doing? Excellent. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Morning. Fine, thank you. Thanks for inviting me to your show. Oh, you. Good morning. How are you? Good to see you. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. G'day, good morning. Joe Sun. It's Friday on the Morning Brew and I'm Phil Whelan. It's great to be back with you. Well, we know what's happening today. Always a fun day on Friday. 10.10, going to welcome back producer and musician Mark Rawson for more all new and totally made in Hong Kong. 
music. On today's list, we've got the 852, the Sideburns, Morning Suns, Shotgun Politics, and Ellie Zalo. After 11, Danny Hicks will be with you for this week's Bargain Basement edition of Sports and All. And after 12, it's my.